Divorcing your story is realizing that you are the author. You are the storyteller. You get to decide how you want to write your life. I don't care how old you are. That don't make it makes I've worked with women in their 50s, in their 60s. It doesn't matter. Hey, midlifers. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostest. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Everyone, welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. Today we are top- talking. I'm going to try to talk. <laughs> We're just talking about one of my favorite topics, which is thriving after divorce. Oh, yes. And we have the perfect expert to talk to us today. Her name is Tanya Carter. She is a marriage and relationship exit strategist. I love that title. She uses her knowledge personal experience and expertise to help women navigate through the process of uncoupling by providing support, advice, resources, and tools that will help mitigate interruptions in their business, work performance, and household obligations. Oh, yes. She's the author of Divorce Your Story. I love that title. A Woman's Guide to Heal and Thrive After Divorce. And she also facilitates her signature program, Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, a 12-week program to gain the strategies and tools to exit out of a relationship properly, heal intelligently, and enter and evolve into a life of freedom and fulfillment. She also hosts a podcast called Divorce Your Story Podcast, and she is a graduate of DeVry, DeVry and Central Michigan University. She is from Atlanta where she resides with her two children. Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Wendy. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, I know. We were chit-chatting before we got started, and you and I both have a lot in common, Uh, one of them being thriving after divorce. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so uh, tell me a little bit more about your story and uh, your divorce and then how you kind (laughs) of came to thriving after divorce. Oh, oh man. So that's a loaded been, question. Well, you know what? But it's a good question. And yeah. I'm very happy to answer. And just kind of, you know, just for your listeners, you know, I titled my book Divorce Your Story because I realized I was still married to the story five years after my divorce. Yep. Right. So I was divorced in 2010. Uh-huh. However, five years later, waking up in March of 2015 is when I realized I have been asleep. I was still attached to the narrative. Mm. You know what I mean? And so what happens is when you're attached to a narrative or any narrative, that's how you move. That's how you function. That's where a lot of your emotions flow. That's even where your belief system lies. Mm. And I realized that my life was no different than I walked out of that courtroom. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you'll repeat the yeah. same uh, patterns, the same behaviors. And I'm sure like even in dating, you were probably oh, yeah. repeating the same thing. Yep. Oh, absolutely. From yep. I kept seeing the same patterns, Um, even the limitations that I set on myself about being a single parent. Right. Uh-huh. So it's not just with it wasn't just with men. It was my it was like, well, I'm a single mom. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can only make so much money or I have to work two to three jobs to make ends meet. Yes. You know, sometimes that struggle mindset as a single parent can get you there as well. You know, um, just limiting myself on what I can have mm-hmm. and who I can be, identifying myself as a failure, not giving myself the permission to readjust the plan. Yes. And so what I what I saw 
in March of 2015 was that I really don't like where my life is going. And it, it wasn't that I didn't know. I just gave myself permission to be honest for a change mm-hmm. because you can get so caught up in a facade or not wanting people to really know um, that you're really unhappy because of the expectations that some people have of you. Yeah. The, yep. the pillar, you always, you're strong. You got it. And I appreciate my resiliency, but at the same time, I, I, I just didn't like my decisions. I did. I, I really didn't. And I, I made that decision in March that my life wasn't going to be the same. And now in these, what, January, 2024, it's mm-hmm. not the same. It's totally different. And that started with making a decision. And at that time I was 34 and I'm 43 yeah. now. There's a word that you had said, I think a couple of times, uh, was the word permission. Yeah. And I think that is the key. It was for me. I had to give mm-hmm. myself permission to change, uh, permission to, to, to love myself, to be myself and to actually create a life that made me happy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What was, well, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No. I'm, yeah. I'm you're listening. like, no, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. What was, mm-hmm. the, what was, um, what did you learn the most out of your divorce about yourself? Oh, I learned, a, I'm going to be honest, I learned so much about myself. I did. I would say a couple of things. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things is that I realized that I felt like I had the power to control people. Mm. Yeah, that was in what way thinking that I had the ability to make you be someone that you never wanted to be. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Thinking that my effort would be enough for you to show up and be someone different. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't do it, I would do more in hopes that you did. And then then I would make everything. Yeah. Then if you can control them then you would make the relationship right and then you'd be happy at least that's what i thought yep you know right. what i mean i don't i don't think it would have ever made me happy to be quite frank i mm-hmm. think it would, would would have allowed me to not look at myself mm-hmm. because if you have to honestly change someone to make you happy that's yep. a problem in itself right yeah. so i realized that i don't have that kind of power mm-hmm. and i know it's common it may seem like common sense, yeah. but the ego I, I, yeah. I had, I had, I had some ego there. I had a little, I thought I was an exception to the rule. Like, yeah, that, that is me. He, he, he is me. <laughs> like, how could you not, you know, just ec- extra being yeah. really extra about it all. And, and that was a big thing for me mm-hmm. um, because it changed the way I showed up. And it also made me take a deep look within myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Meaning that, Sometimes when you are married, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but you you, you adjust so much of yourself to fit this, you know, yep. expectation of how you should be. And mm-hmm. what ends up happening is that you develop an inner resentment about it. And then you look for everybody else to change because you had to and you yep. never want. Yeah. You, you end up like becoming a chameleon. Absolutely. You yeah. become a chameleon. And I... I was very, um, I was angry. I was resentful. And then my tone, it was a lot that I had to unpack. And I, and I, I, I teach this to my clients and to people because your ex is not as relevant to your healing like you think. Mm. And we put a lot of emphasis on the ex too much, in my honest opinion. Yeah. Because if we're no longer married and my life is still the same, then we got to check out the common denominator. Now, I don't regret our divorce. I think it gave me a level of relief. Yes. That I do. However, the outcome of my life hadn't changed. Mm-hmm. The tra- it wasn't nothing new. I was in survival mode. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that, was a, that, was a, that was something I had to intentionally get out of in order to thrive. Yeah. I was going to say, sometimes you need that. It's almost like a a grieving process because it's a Mm -hmm. loss, whether it was good marriage, bad marriage, whatever it was, right. It's still a Mm -hmm. loss of something that you had in your life. And Mm -hmm. you almost have to go through that process. And then once it kind of sloughs off, if you will, then -hmm. it's like, okay, now it's about me. I think it's more like getting a divorce and then marrying yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It is. It, it was mm-hmm. recommitting and renewing a new vow. That's something I yeah. tell my clients. You need to renew a new vow to yourself. And yeah. so that was something that I had to do. I had to recommit. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's, uh, what's, well, you've got your divorce story. What's your new story? What's Tanya's <laughs> new story? You know, it changes. Mm-hmm. because I give myself permission to allow it to change, not out of being indecisive, but mm-hmm. giving myself the ability to always grow and evolve. That's thriving. Yeah. I'm really obsessed with improvement. I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with changing. I'm obsessed with self-correction, self-awareness, self-management. I'm obsessed with learning new things, meeting new people. Um, and giving myself that ability to do that, that's the new Tanya. Whereas before I lived in a lot of victim mode, Mm -hmm. um, blame, pointing the finger, looking for external circumstances to change for me to change Mm -hmm. in order for me to have a better life. But I don't do that anymore. I look to be the change. And that was the best thing that I could have done for not only myself, but my children. Mm -hmm. So this was not just about me. It was about them. It's about how I handle relationships, how I manage relationships. And so the new Latanya, there's no ending. So divorcing your story is realizing that you are the author. You are the storyteller. You get to decide how you want to write your life. I don't care how old you are. (laughs) It makes, I've worked with women in their fifties, in their sixties. It doesn't matter. Right. And that's really important because I know, you know, you work with people who mm-hmm. in that mid that midlife range and so many people yeah. put a period there as opposed to putting a comma. And so knowing that you are the author and you get to decide the narrative you want to live by is the most powerful place you can function from. Yeah. You're exactly right. I talk about that a lot about just writing a new story and and giving yourself, there's that word again, permission the permission to pivot. Or if you write your next story and you're like, Mm -hmm. you're living this new story and it's not really working out, then write a new one. Absolutely. And and I I tell people, this isn't motivation rhetoric that I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm really serious about it. You know, and because I know when you're in it and when you're in the thick of it, sometimes you just can't see anything beyond it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I get that and I empathize and I and I understand if people been married for decades and you're telling someone that they can reinvent their life. It takes a lot of I was reading your your bio mm-hmm. and you said three things. You said courage, commitment and consistency. Yes. And I said that is so true the three C's. It mm-hmm. takes those things. It takes a choice. I'm going to add the word choice as well, but yeah. those four things are so vital to mm-hmm. really moving forward and knowing you can reinvent your life cuz I understand it's not it's not as easy as it sounds. Yeah, exactly, you know? right? you're said than done. Like, oh, go write a new story. It's like, right. Exactly. Yeah. And I have found with a lot of people, they're, they'll say, well, I I don't have the courage. Well, you don't just like the way you get the courage is by taking action. By making the choice. Right. Mm Because I couldn't give you a jar of courage. You have to fill the jar of courage yourself by taking those steps in your life. And if you just sit and wait, like you could write the story, literally, you could write out. I mean, I actually did that. I wrote out my new story. I was like, this is what I want in my life. But it's not just going to happen. You have to make it happen. Absolutely. And that's yeah. where the confidence gets built. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's making that choice and then acting on the choice that you made, no matter how you feel. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're not going to yep. always feel like it. I promise you it's going to be days where you're like, you know what? I just, I I don't have time for this. It's going to be moments. It's going to be a roller coaster, specifically, especially in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But you got to let things tear down in order to rebuild. And that is the hardest process of it all. But the more you keep making that choice and the more you, you know, activate that courage to make the choice, you develop that confidence. The next thing you know, you become committed and then it just becomes your lifestyle where it's not even something that you think about. It's just, it's just your natural nature now. Yeah. I want to say too, going back to with children, because I feel like when you thrive through divorce, you're also teaching your children how to handle relationships, whether it's with their friends, with their partners, whoever, like their employers, like 
just because a relationship didn't work out doesn't mean it has to be just absolute hell, right? It doesn't mean that you have to stop living. It doesn't mean that like, oh my gosh, like, yes, you can grieve again, right? It's a loss, but you have to learn how to move on. You have to learn how to, you know, pull up the bootstraps and, and get back at it, right? Oh, a hundred percent. I think my divorce taught me a lot. It wasn't just from a romantic perspective, Mm -hmm. Um, even parental, even my, my job, knowing how to handle management, leadership, Mm -hmm. coworkers, my parents, my family, my friends. It was, it wasn't just this one area. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a significant area, but it wasn't the only area. And, and now that I, I have a lot more wisdom behind it, I'm able to teach my children early on, you know, especially, you know, mm-hmm. both my children, my son's 21, my daughter's 16. And we, we talk a lot about boundary setting, having the tough uh, conversations with your friends. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because yeah. sometimes I can see certain behaviors that if we don't talk about it, it's going to impact how you function, function relationally in adulthood. And yeah. so one of the things that I told my daughter is that I never want you to overcommit to things just to keep friends. Mm-hmm. You, you, you got to know how to say no. You know, yeah. um, I love that you like to be there for your friends, but I also see the anxiety that comes with it. Yeah. And so we have to, we have to have these conversations. I told my son who went through a heartbreak, you know, let's not overlook the fact that it hurt. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because if not, you're going to grow up and be a man. Um, yeah. And this was before he was 21. And, you might end up, you know, treating someone differently all because of a hurt that you never unpacked. And I don't want that for him or her. So we 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 have a lot of conversations in this house about relationships. So yeah, yeah. it's so great. I mean, think about if you had not rewritten your story, mm-hmm. you'd still be telling your children, maybe not specifically telling them, but showing them that old story, the old Tanya, but now you're actually a new mom, really. Yeah. Or even yeah. teaching them things from a place of anger and hurt. You right. understand? Like some yep. of us, if, if we can just be honest, we may have had parents who meant well, but when you do this work, you start to maybe even pay attention to your parents and how they function and maybe realize that they had hurt that they never allowed themselves to unpack. Yeah. And so it can unconsciously come on you and you don't even realize that may have impacted your marriage yes. or your relationship. So it's these types of things that thriving allows us to do. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about thrive, the acronym of thrive. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, you know, I didn't initially had an acronym, but then me and my friend, um, shout out to Darnese. She helped me with this acronym and it's called Transforming Through Healing and Rebuilding Intentionally with Vision to Evolve. I wanted my clients, that's the name of my program. I wanted my clients to grow. I want them to evolve. I want them to develop. I I don't want them to be, divorce is not who you are. It's an experience. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, that's, you're so right. You know, it's like, I'm going to be honest, I don't even connect myself to it anymore. I I teach it and I help people get through it. Mm -hmm. However, it's almost like, oh, yeah, I was married. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And not from a place like it wasn't important. It's just that I've moved on so much almost nine years later that it's just a chapter. It's not the entire book. I was just going to say, you took the words of my mouth. There was something on your website. You said divorce is a chapter of your life, not the entire book. It's not. Mm-mm. It's not. I, and, and, you know, I had to divorce that narrative. Mm-hmm. You understand? And so that's why I, I'm, I'm very um, adamant about that because we'll use that as a limitation uh, unconsciously yep, exactly. on yep. what we can have, what we can do, who mm-hmm. we can be. I've heard so many people say, who will want me anymore? How could I get me another job? Sweetheart, yep. do you know the skill set you have? Yeah. Do you know that nobody can take away, away your skills and your expertise? Exactly. You understand? And so that's why making, knowing that you have that choice, you know, to, mm-hmm. to challenge the narrative that, first of all, I, I question everybody to challenge the story that they're telling themselves and mm-hmm. ask yourself, who told me this? Yep. 
A lot of it is society too, you know, and it's like, if if someone's going to judge you on your divorce or divorces, that would be me. (laughs) Then that's Mm -hmm. not anyone you would want to be with or, you know, associate with. I agree. And, you know, and I I just don't look at divorce as you failed. No, I I don't. I used to. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I I don't think anyone goes into marriage with the mindset of getting a divorce. Right. Now, maybe we didn't have the tools. Maybe we didn't know. But I don't think that's people's intention. And I also think I actually shared this with a friend of mine the other day. And I said, so much in life happens. Yeah. And you can wake up 20 years later to a complete stranger that you did not know. Yep. Because life happens. Exactly. People get sick. People lose their jobs. They lose their money. Their parents mm-hmm. pass. People might lose their children. Mm-hmm. And all those things can shape you and change you in ways that you can't even identify yourself anymore. And it yep. can easily impact your marriage. Not mm-hmm. because that's what you want. It, it happens. So much happens in life. And I, I yep. think... Instead of thinking that people don't try, I think it's really important for people to learn how to give people grace. Yes. Yeah. You understand? I, I, I really agree. do. And I, I just I just don't attach it to failure. I hardly see anyone who I've worked with who really honestly didn't try. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I always yeah. say there's no mistakes in life, only retakes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't I, I don't look at it from that perspective um, as I once did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for me, at least, I mean, it was my second divorce. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing I had to do was forgive myself. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. I mean, I was, I'm serious. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree because, you know, you, you feel like you failed yourself, your children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and putting honestly, I, I think I yeah. stayed in it longer than I should have because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be someone that had been divorced twice. Absolutely. Because who wants like, to? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. But then I thought, well, should all these movie stars are getting married three or four times. <laughs> Maybe I'm not so bad after all. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I can I can yeah. understand why. Why? I mean, mm-hmm. nobody wants to go through it. It's right. It's not something that anybody wants to go through. I think it takes a lot of courage to make that choice. We had a really peaceful divorce. We both went into it like, okay, well, we know we got to do this. So let's just make the best of it. And and we had both been through so much trauma in life as children and teenagers. and, And we thought, why do that to ourselves? Why create more trauma? that we would have to try to recover from later on, right? I mean, I think divorce can be hard enough as it is, even a simple divorce, right? But then mm-hmm. why make why make it more challenging for each other and especially with with kids? I, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Um yeah. I know mo- quite a few people may not agree to that. I guess I mm-hmm. just you know, after working with so many clients and hearing so many stories and yeah. knowing that people have been married for decades, you know, yeah. these people ain't been married a year or two. These, mm-hmm. my clients been married for decades. I've had clients yep. that's been married 30 years. You actually think yeah. they didn't try? Yep, exactly. Yeah. And so the only thing we supposed to get right in this world is marriage. It mm-hmm. didn't make sense to me. Right. Exactly. Yep. You know, and I and I don't say that to say everyone should get a divorce. I, I don't. Right. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know that there are some dynamics that can reconcile, but then there are also some that it, it may just be not in the best interest for both mm-hmm. people's well being as well as the children. Um, right. And and so yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I I totally I totally get it. And self forgiveness is probably on the top of the list to really mm-hmm. thrive anyway. Yeah. Did was your divorce challenging or was it pretty the process of it in terms mm-hmm. of the legal? No, it wasn't. I had an actual we were even though we weren't the you know the best of friends, we were very amicable. Mm. It was un, it was uncontested. We were able to agree to absolutely everything. I think the biggest thing we had, we didn't have a lot of assets connected because mm. I got divorced at 29. 
Mm-hmm. And so we didn't have as many assets. I mean, we we had yeah. the house, which that was just agreed upon that I would just take over the payments and put it all, everything fully in my name. And, you know, we had to do the um, visitation child support. We had to go mm-hmm. through that, but everything was agreed upon. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I will say that that's what made it better. Some people, we, we, we know that there are quite a few people. It's, it's not that black and white. Yes. Um, yeah. Especially depending on the type of person you're dealing with. Some people can be very high conflict mm-hmm. and that's where it gets really ugly and can get very, very complicated where this is where you need a, an attorney and yeah. you, you might need different players on your team to help yeah. navigate that legal portion. It's tough because if one person, you know, comes to the divorce, like they want to do it very peacefully, mm-hmm. but then the other person does not, mm-hmm. that changes the whole dynamic. It can get very ugly. It can get very stressful. Um, yeah. It can get very expensive as well. Mm-hmm. And so this is why, especially I always tell people, you don't want to let the courts decide for you. If you honestly can set your, and when I say set your feelings aside, this is why therapy and coaching is important because yeah. it helps you go in with a different frame of mind. It mm-hmm. helps you go in with looking at the end goal as yep. opposed to going in with this myself an attack. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? You know, because you need a place to stabilize your emotions. It's a very emotional process because Mm -hmm. while you're still handling the legal part of it all, you're probably still raising your, you know, if you have kids, you're you're still parenting. That that does not stop. Bills still need to be paid. You still have to show up at work. If you're a business owner, you still have to show up in your business. So you're still handling all the different things Yes. Right. And so having somebody who's unbiased, Mm -hmm. right, and who's not emotionally invested, but has the empathy and the compassion to still be honest with you and help you navigate through this process. You absolutely need that support. Yeah. And I would say, too, even, you know, for me, I'm grateful I had a peaceful divorce, but it was still really challenging for me, more Mm -hmm. so emotionally. Absolutely. And, and, And I would say it was even after. I signed on that dotted line there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That, that's where the healing really had to take place. Right. Because yeah. I, want, I want people to know statistically, divorce is the second top stressor in the world. Death mm-hmm. is number one. So mm-hmm. when, when it comes to the grief, they're very similar. Yep. You understand? So a lot of people just see the couple splitting. They don't see what the, the kids, they don't see the finances. They don't see the fact that you may have to move a, out of your home. Maybe right. you can't afford it. Maybe your kids have to go through a different school. You could be close to the other family. And now it's, it's that piece that you have to deal with. And yeah. it's also the shame, the embarrassment, the humiliation of it all. Mm-hmm. And everybody doesn't console you like they console someone to death. Right. If you lose a family member, people coming over. Yeah. They're they're, yeah. they're reaching out, they're calling, they're sending you money. Hey, what Bring do you mean? Bringing casseroles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm all kind of stuff, girl. <laughs> but when you're going through a divorce, yeah. you might not get that same kind of support and love. You might yep. be there to figure it out, pick up the pieces, um, trying to put everything together and still have to have this face, this game face on. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, for your for your kids, for your job, for your business. Yeah, so, you're so right. Yeah. I mm-hmm. that's a really good point because yeah, if if someone has experienced you know the loss of someone, the death of someone, it's like oh my gosh, of course, take a few days off, or you know, we understand. And but if it's divorce, you don't you don't you gotta, get no kind of bereavement. You don't get no. no unless you have PTO, which I tell people take some days off. But otherwise yep. than that, it's not recognized as a life-altering event. And it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a life-altering event. It, 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 it changes everything. It's a big disruption to yeah. your home and mm-hmm. your family. And so to act as if this was nothing, yep. you know, and then that's why you're, it's so easy to be in survival mode. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because, yep. yeah. Yeah. Because to be you, in survival yeah. mode and to stay in that same pattern, just like you had done, right? Absolutely. And I did too. I mean, it it took me a while to like snap out of it. Right. No one tells you to really work through this. This was a life altering event. I don't care if you didn't want to be with them anymore. Maybe Mm -hmm. that was still the best decision, but it doesn't mean it didn't have an effect on you. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it doesn't impact how you function, how you think of yourself. It doesn't mean emotionally it doesn't bother you. Mm-hmm. And so you need a safe space to yeah. be vulnerable right now because maybe you're you're in a lot of different spaces that won't allow you to. Because right. unfortunately, everybody don't get it. Mm-hmm. And some people don't have the resources to really help you move forward. Some people yeah. just add fuel to the fire and you don't mm-hmm. want that either. Right. And yeah. I think you really learn who your friends are, people that really love and care for you. I mean, and that's the thing too, like, especially if you had couples that were, you know, you were uh, friends with Absolutely. and you end up those kind of break apart, you end up losing. So you're not just losing that marriage. You're no, also losing you're, some friends. You're losing and, so many mm-hmm. things. Y'all may have couple getaways yep. you all did. You yep. may have had um, traditions that you all did around the holidays. Yeah. It's so many different things you have to grieve. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And and so this is why I do consider it as a life-altering event. I don't look at it as a, oh, you just got a divorce. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. We heard and I, this I stuff. feel like it, yeah. it's almost like a little awkward after. Like you're kind of, because you are in this new life. But it, like you said, like some of these older other things, you got one foot over here and one foot over there. Some traditions are, are still, in, you know, like all sorts of different things are going on. And so you're, it's, it's almost like you're living this new life, but you're not completely the new you yet. And, and it takes, it takes some time though, even after, even if you, if you're proactive about it and you write a new story, it's still a little like, huh, it feels a little strange. But then after you kind of work some of those things out. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. You, you do. Um, and, and that comes with a level of intentionality. Yes. Um, because I was very, I had a lot of clutter. And I would say more mental and emotional clutter than anything. Mm. And I had, to, I had to unpack that in order to get the clarity. Yeah. You understand? So yep. externally, you may not have saw it because, you know, I, I looked good when I went out. I had, You saw my pictures on Facebook. <laughs> oh, I was living my best life. You know, it looks great. But, you know, when you turn Deep those down, cameras yeah. off and when, huh. you sit in, when you sit with yourself and have a whole meeting with yourself, you realize I'm really living a double life. And so I had to get rid of the mental and emotional clutter. And that's a lot. That's what I focus on the most when I work with people. What was one of your... Uh strongest limiting beliefs that you had that you needed to change about yourself? I was a failure. Mm. Now, are we speaking in terms of my marriage? Just, or yeah, just, in, in, mm-hmm. just going through the whole process uh, of... I would say failure, and I felt guilty. Mm. Yeah, I really felt like a failure. Because... Mm, I, I I felt like everything that I was attached to should work. Mm. And that was with anything. Yeah. Um, very overachiever. I feel like everything should work. And I, and if I do everything in my power, it should. Mm. <laughs> and it's not like that. <laughs> you, you know, oh my goodness. Yep. That was, you know, remember I said I felt like I had to control everything because I, I didn't want to feel, yep. I didn't want to feel like a failure. I didn't want to feel like you couldn't make Mm. this happen and um, learning how to let that go because not only did it impact my marriage, it still impacted other relationships after the fact. So if you don't deal with it, it still travels with you no matter who you're with. And so learning that was huge because Mm. it allowed me to not overgive, um, overcommit. It allowed me to still to honor my value system. Mm. More so than anything, because you'll do anything when you don't want to be a failure. Sometimes yeah. even compromise your own dignity and self-respect. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to do. So you used to think, or whether consciously or subconsciously, I'm a failure. What do you say now? If anything, I always challenge a belief that I don't that I don't feel like aligns with the God I serve. Mm. So that's very important. My spiritual life is everything to me. And so I challenge a lot of beliefs. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I never have a belief that, you know, because I, that's not true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, life happens. Yeah. And it's times where even being a parent, 
you feel like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't have yelled at my kids that time. You know, you feel guilty. You're like, oh my God, I'm a bad parent. And it's like, no, you're not a bad parent. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, learn, you know, ha- you know, have a meeting, apologize if you were, you know, if you know you were wrong and m- correct and move on. And so for me, I give myself grace. Yeah. You know what I mean? More so than anything. And I don't mean from a casual place. Yeah. I mean, from a genuine space where I do want to self-correct the behavior. Mm-hmm. I do want to self-correct. And, um, you know, especially even in this space and just doing more, I'm challenged to do more. I'm challenged mm-hmm. to put myself out there more. And one of the biggest challenges that I had was, what would people think if I talk about divorce? Do they think I, you know, it was, yeah. it, the, 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 that voice will... I know. Tell you a whole lot, and guess what? You'll roll with it. You'll agree to it. You'll have a conversation with that whole (laughs) that evil little voice. I know. Yes, and 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 I'm telling you, you will go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, and it is a conscious choice to say, you know what? We're not doing this today. It's like Uh I'm gonna tell y'all. Sometimes I have to have a whole conversation with myself. We're not doing this today. (laughs) We're not doing this today. And I would, I would have to say that's probably what changed for me the most, um, was becoming my own best friend and really listening to that voice, the, the, the mean one, because it's either your best friend or your worst critic, right. Or your worst enemy. Yeah. And, and when you stop and listen and you watch those ticker tape of thoughts going across in your mind, you're like, Oh my God, am I really saying those things to myself? And And I was just like you, like I would let it just snowball. I would just go with it. I was like, yeah, there's no way I can do this. I'm awful. Oh my gosh. You know, and I'm like, and then an hour later I'd be like, "Eh." I was like, that's ridiculous. Absolutely. And yeah. And I'm also at this, be mindful of who co-signs with you on that. And your, your community, your tribe, knowing that this person, you you and this person may have a good friendship, but they may not be the person that you need to talk to about elevation. And I had, to, you you have to learn how to compartmentalize people and know, okay, you know what? I need to get out of this. Who is mm-hmm. that person that can help me get out of that funk? Yep. Right? That's really important because you can easily talk to somebody and they will just add fuel to it. It it, it, yep. it it be this big old fire. And that's why, you know, that was really important to me as well. Just knowing who my, my circle is, my community is yeah. being around people who have elevated mindsets and won't allow me to make excuses. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I find you end up discovering a new tribe, right? Like as mm-hmm. you might be losing some relationships, but you're going to be gaining new relationships and the relationships that better serve you and the, and the new, the new woman that you've become. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You will. You probably will lose some relationships. Mm-hmm. I think it's just part of the journey. Yeah. Um, and I know sometimes it's taken very personally mm-hmm. and I know one of the books that I, I read and I go back to quite often is the four agreements. And one of the oh, agreements yeah. is to not take it personal. Yep. Um, and sometimes we, we, we wear a lot of things on our sleeve and what yeah. I realized and, and what has helped me is really realizing that everything is a season, mm-hmm. you know, yep. not, you know, and, and it's not out of negativity, right? It's mm-hmm. just understanding that this was a season. This was a part of my story. These were friendships that I once had and I once shared. However, let me give myself the permission to have new friends mm-hmm. and new relationships and other authentic connections that will align to who I'm becoming. Because yeah. sometimes our relationships, if we can be honest, may have been very inauthentic. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think too, like um, sometimes we think waving the white flag is a sign of weakness, but it's actually a sign of strength because you're learning to just let go and just, and like you said too, not taking it personally. If you don't take it personally and then it's easier to just go, okay, well, that's, it's fine. Like you don't, you don't, um, claim something on it. If whether it's positive or negative, it's like, okay, it is what it is. Yeah, it it is. And I, and, and that's how I see it too. I, um, and every, and when I say these things, it's never a casual thing. It's, it's just yeah. knowing that it's a, it's a part of life. It's yeah. a part of the, the, the journey. Um, I just don't never want what I've learned and what I'm still learning is to not let what has happened impact 
my next move in a yes. negative way. Even even another relationship. Mm-hmm. I never want my divorce to be to have so much authority over me where yeah. it stops me from being who I really am. Yeah. Well, I would never do this anymore because this didn't work before. And it's, I get that you do want to make adjustments, mm-hmm. right? But to just stop being who I really am just because of what happened previously, I just never want to be that person. Because mm-hmm. I don't want the short end of the stick. I, I don't, if I've met someone, I don't, I don't want anyone to give me seconds. Yes. You understand yep. what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, I don't want that. I, No, you know, and so I had to learn to not let what has taken place cause me to move in a way that doesn't align with who and whose I am. That was really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you could speak to the Tanya that was going through the divorce, what would you say to her knowing what you know now? Oh, what will I say to the old Latanya? That Latanya at that point, she was 28 years old. Um, she was all over the place. I I think if anything, I would have told her in the beginning that it's okay that you feel the way you feel. You, you don't have to be strong. You have nothing to be strong about. I understand that that's what you've always been taught to be. And that's maybe the expectations of others have for you. However, you've been through a life-altering experience. And it's important that you look at it that way so you can set yourself up for success for not only you, but for your children. I wish that I would have told myself that in the very beginning because I made, I coped um, very um, unintelligently. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And I yep. made some some decisions that I wish I had never made. You know, I don't live in regret, but there's some things I actually just straight up regret. I wish yep. that I just never did. And um, I wish I would have allowed myself to, to, to cry if I needed to mm-hmm. and not think that that was weakness. Yeah. Um, to sit on a couch and talk to a therapist mm-hmm. about how I really felt about everything that unfolded. Yeah. I, mm. I really wish I did as opposed to saying, oh, I just got to keep it moving. I, you yep. know that, yep. you know, you, I got kids, girl. I got to do what I got to do. And I yep. get it. I do. I, I do believe that sometimes we do have a survival m- moment. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we don't want that to be a season because, I mean, a cycle. We only right. want it to be a season. And that's what I end up doing. It wasn't a season. It was a cycle. Because five years later, I woke up and I was in the exact same position, if not worse. Mm. That so good. that's what I would, that's what I would tell that 28 year old Tanya. Yeah. You've, uh, you've learned a lot though. I mean, look at you now. I did. And I am grateful. I'm, I am, you know, life isn't perfect, but it's peaceful. Mm-hmm. That it is. It's very peaceful. And I, and I, and I like that. I, I give myself permission on everything. Mm. Doesn't matter what it is. It's almost like you created what you've what you have created is what you needed back then. A hundred percent. Um getting divorced allowed me to see a lot of myself, not just in my marriage. It made me see how, you know, I love my mom and dad. I tell people that all the time, I love my parents. But I do realize that there was a lot of things that I did to make them happy too. And mm-hmm. what happens is you you find yourself just realizing like, you know, if if I if I really think about it, I didn't want none of this. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't be where you're at. You wouldn't have learned the lessons that you needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I did learn a lot and I'm still learning. You mm-hmm. know, I, I believe in being a lifelong learner and I I truly love my life and I love the season that I'm in. Mm. I, I love seeing my children, you know come to me for advice. That's actually pretty cool because I ain't go to my parents for nothing. I, not for I, advice. I didn't do that. I was like, I ain't going to y'all for that. You know, <laughs> it's the same way. I'm like, sometimes it's if, like, my, if my kids call me and ask me for advice, I was like, oh my God, this is great. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a pretty big deal, you know, I for know. your kids to come to you like, you know, I, I need to talk to you. You know, I need to vent. Yeah. I, I got some things I need to get off my chest. I'm like, okay. I didn't do that growing up. I, it was, it wasn't like that. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, my kids' father and I, we, we're very cordial. 
Oh, good. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we are. I would say that um, we never like went back and forth a whole lot, but you yeah. definitely know that there was some friction there. But I, I would say for me, me doing my work helped me to meet him where he was. Yes. Because yep. I realized that that was all I really could do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so um, that was very important too, because it, it allowed me to control what I could and release what I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love and I'm that. Not gonna, yeah. And I'm not going to lie and say, you know, that was easy. Because I think yeah. for me as a, as a mom, you know, it, it, it's something about, how can I say this? So his, the dad moved out of state when they were young. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have a lot of access to him. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that I wasn't resentful. Mm. Because I was, because I, yeah. I felt like I was left to parent alone. Mm. There was and no I parenting. I didn't sign up for that, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, taking more of the load, the parental load, definitely yeah. left a lot of resentment there. And I had to learn how to work through that mm-hmm. because I can see how. <laughs> I could yeah. just see how, you know. Um, however, I just. I had to learn how to unpack that and and do what I could and know my limitations, know how to parent and run my household effectively. So Mm -hmm. I won't be overwhelmed and burned out all the time. Yeah. And so just learn and then leaning on other people um, for support. So that was my, one of my neighbors, she doesn't live in the neighborhood anymore, but she was here when she was supposed to be because she was very yeah. helpful with me and my children. And I, I appreciate her, my parents, even his mother. They yeah. were very, very good support systems because I needed that. Cause I can honestly see how you can go insane. Yeah. And oh, I don't yeah, say that. Sure. And I don't, and I don't say that lightly either. I, yeah. I can honestly see because yeah, it's, it's almost like when you, when you see somebody else going through something like that after you've been through it and knowing, mm-hmm. knowing the steps that you have to take just to get to the other side, and yeah. then it's like, oh my gosh, I have so much compassion for them. I do. And that's why I've, I, you know, I know we were talking offline and that's why my compassion for parents is so different, yeah. you know, because sometimes people, I can only imagine what it's like, yeah. you know, um, and I had, I do know what it's like, how to, you, you, just so many different things you have to do on a daily basis. And yes. Yeah still trying to keep a right frame of mind, still trying to make sure you're healthy. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. And so kudos mm-hmm. to those who are, you know, in that transition and, you know, making it happen. I, I really commend you all for it because I know what it's like. Yeah. But you'll find think... your rhythm. You'll find your rhythm. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you'll know when you're out of rhythm. You, re- you really will. And, and I you think can get that back in a rhythm faster, I feel like. Yeah. And it came yeah. from having conversations with my children, um, letting them know how how we're going to run the home, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of just not necessarily them being grown or anything, but just like, OK, if you need something, you need to let me know in advance so I can make this happen. You know, just yeah, teaching them how to, you know, be a little bit more responsible yeah. in a good way. You know, because I had to realize that I'm a one-parent home and I have to run it accordingly. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's different than a two-parent home. And that's okay. Yeah. Wow. You've come a long way. hmm Yeah. Go ahead and pat yourself on the back over there. Girl, yes. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. I will. And you too. And everybody else who's listening, wherever yeah. you are. Give yourself a shout out and clap yeah. for yourself and be your own cheerleader. Yeah. It's just like we were mm-hmm. saying earlier, like it's a lot just to raise children, like to raise human beings. Yes. Divorce or not. Like it's challenging. So pat yourself mm-hmm. on the back. Absolutely. Yeah. So where mm-hmm. can we find you? You can find me on Instagram. My Instagram mm-hmm. is I am Tanya Carter. My Facebook is Tanya Carter as well. My website is TanyaCarter.com. So I'm pretty much all things Tanya Carter. So all things Tanya Carter. Yeah. Yeah. And then your program, the Thrive program, that's on your website too. And is that, is that, um, is it like an evergreen? Can you sign up for it at any time or? No, this isn't evergreen. This is something that I do live. Um, I do it. 
Yeah, I do it like two times out of the year because it's a very intense program. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, my clients, they don't like me during this time, but they love me at the end because it's a, it's a lot of challenge work that I do. Um, yeah. But I but this is live because I really want to see people move forward. And I think this type of program needs to be taught live. Yeah. And and it's nice to do it with others, right? Because then you don't feel like mm-hmm. you're all alone. Correct. You don't feel like yeah. you're all alone and you meet other people. And it, mm-hmm. it, it challenges you to get uncomfortable. And that can be yeah. a hard thing. However, that's where the growth lies. Yes. That's why it's called Thrive. It's, yep. it's, it's designed for you not to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when is the, uh, the next program start? Oh, I'm thinking about kicking it off in maybe January, beginning February. Ooh, I need to perfect. set my dates. Yeah, because um, I want to really help people at the beginning of the year to help them, um, you know, set the foundation and set the tone. And this program helps you do a lot of decluttering so you can get the clarity you need. Yeah. Well, I'll put in the show notes um, the start date when you find out because this should air beginning of January and it'll be perfect timing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I can't believe it's going to be 2024. I know, my gosh, it'll be a big yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It'll I'll be come a great see you year. in Georgia in the RV. Yeah, I know you'd be everywhere. I'm like, would you be? Don't worry, I'm not her best life. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. All right, everyone. Have a great day. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.